Well, welcome to Sitka Water Streamlined Podcast, where we get into the flow of what's going on at Sitka Water and take a deeper dive on some important topics. On today's episode, I'm talking with Alan Morrison, Sitka Water Vice President, about the values and family emphasis that started with his parents and was passed on by Alan and his brother Ed as they led Sitka Water for the better part of four decades. I'm your host, Todd Fox, and I'm joined today by Alan Morrison. And Alan is no stranger to most of us at Sitco Water, but for those who may not know, uh, Alan has been with Sitco since 1977, nearly 47 years, uh, when he graduated from Virginia Tech with a degree in engineering. Alan, along with his brother Ed, were the second generation of Morrisons to lead Sitco Water, taking the baton from their father, Webb Morrison. Today, Alan continues an active role in contractor sales and engineered products. Alan, thanks for being on the podcast. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Todd. First question I'd like to ask, Alan, is uh, what has it been like to be part of such a successful family-owned and operated business that's now in its seventh decade of family operation? Well, at this point, it's very humbling. Um, Looking back over 47 years, it's been a lot of things, including humbling. It's been challenging. It's been fun. It's been energizing. It's been um, uh, there's been a lot of anxiety with it over the years. We mm-hmm. haven't always been what you just said. They're successful and uh, to the extent that we are now. And, and so there was some pressure and some uh, anxiety about the business at certain points that, sure. you know, I can remember going through layoffs and some things like that at difficult times. But overall, it's been it's been a blast for me um, to look back on it. It's been very humbling, especially now to see what it's become um, regionally and for the people who work here. Well, in a day and time where so many companies are, you know, they may be public companies, but they're really just one bad earnings call away from disaster. Um, what do you credit Sicko Water's longevity to? Um, ultimately, I think the Lord's taking care of us. I mean that. And mm-hmm. and um, I think, you know, our, our our family values that were here innately from the beginning, and I hope that they continue today are the values that make a business successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take care of your customers and you take care of each other. Mm-hmm. And if you've chosen a market to be in that's reasonable, and ours is, water and wastewater is a reasonable market, mm-hmm. and you you make you know decent effort at it, then you're going to be successful. And I think the Lord's taken care of us. He's helped us to make good decisions in difficult times, and, and he's looked after us the whole time. But ultimately, I think it's the family values that we had from the beginning when it was just a family my mom and dad and mm-hmm. and then ed and i and and uh those values are what make a family i mean a business successful i think i agree i, I feel like there's always been a sense of that since i've known and been connected with sicko that um the family orientation of the company is there the value for people um the care for people and i think that's that's been huge well uh, that's a that's actually i think a big challenge for this business going forward mm-hmm. um you know, we, we've grown, which is great, to a point where um, we're spread out and there's people that I don't know as well as how I used to know everyone. And that's the same on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so the challenge is to continue to keep those values front and center when you're so spread out and the people that are working with you, you don't know as well and you don't have so much of an interaction with. But I think it's crucial that we work every day to continue those values. Again, taking care of our customers and taking care of each other mm-hmm. um, are, are the values that will make us successful. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think hopefully the 
the recent kind of organizational changes that we've added will will help with that as far as creating um, not another layer, but another point of care for people to have um, instead of someone having 30 direct reports, you know, having that broken up and right. that load shared so there can be more personal action. So, um, but it know. starts from the leadership team. Yeah. I mean, that's where it's got to start from. Yeah. You, you're part of the leadership team. There's a lot of people who are and and you know they've got to feel that from the top and and if they feel like people care about them mm-hmm. uh and that we're working to take care of our customers then that does trickle down and i know our our values and behavior are part of that i mean right. we we've got to to continue to work on that and not lose that i don't want this business no matter how big or successful to be uh, you know I don't want to say it in a bad way, but just another business, just another place for somebody to work. Right. I want it to be a place that makes people's lives better and, mm-hmm. and enhances their lives to the best that we can. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is just because I hear that passion and I hear those stories that you share about your mom and dad and um, and just what's been important over the years. And so I, I want people to be able to hear that far and wide from our northernmost branch to our it's, southern it's branch. Very, it's right? very important. And I believe me, I've made a lot of bad decisions and made a lot of mistakes. So I don't like to preach about how people ought to be. But sure. but th- those values, if, they, if they're what you're striving for, then you're going to be successful. That's right. Well, as you know, you've listened to this podcast and um, we talk a lot about um, this idea of becoming a category of one company. And in many ways, I think the seeds of being category of one um, have long been planted here and have been realized in the commitment of many, many great employees over the years um, to Sitco Water and also uh, Sitco and their commitment um, to those employees. Um, There's this longevity of tenure that many people have have had here, this deep commitment to our customers, uh, the uniqueness of having a comprehensive product offering, taking water from the source to the consumer and back again that nobody else does in our area. Where did that impetus to stand out from the competition um, and be in this this singular category come from? Hmm. Well, I think, first of all, being born in the market that we were born in in Huntington, West Virginia, um, you you could not be very successful or at least grow very much if you were going to just do one thing. Mm-hmm. So early on, my dad and his co-workers obviously decided we've got to do more than just one thing. It started out as just a pipe valve and fitting supplier, I think, with a very little emphasis on chemicals. Mm-hmm. And then they they realized that to grow and to be successful, you're going to have an opportunity to diversify your product offering. I think that was the first thing for survival is we have to sell some different things to, right. to different people. And if we're calling on the water industry, what do they use? Or the sewer industry, what do they use? And that's where it started. And then the, the probably the biggest um, separation that, that happened is when um, we were able to have somebody devote a lot of their time and effort on the engineer products side mm-hmm. of things. And that was Randy Clark was really the first one. I did it a little, but when we hired Randy to come from VTN, um, he was able to devote, you know, full time to products that need some special application help or some understanding of their functionality and Mm -hmm. to be able to take those. And I'm talking about chemical feed systems and telemetry and pumps generally. There's some others, but that was it. And then once we started doing that and then realizing at the time, I guess it was probably in the late 80s, early 90s, um, there was a sort of an industry-wide concept of being a a one-stop shop. There was a lot of integration taking place. There was a lot of uh, mm-hmm. businesses buying other businesses and becoming a real diverse product offering in our market. And as a distributor, 
we were one of the few that were, were able to do that. It was mostly from the manufacturing of the product point of view, but mm. we were able to start to do that and to jump on board and then just continue to enhance because that's an investment with your people and your products and your inventory and your your education that you you invest in that. And, and we were able to do it and to continue it. Mm. Um, and I think that's what has helped us today, as you say, to be able to bring water from the source to the home and then back again. Yeah, like you said, it, it is an investment in that education. I've been on the uh, training side here recently and uh, I'm continuing to learn. There's there's so much more to learn about all the all the solutions we offer, everything we do. Hey, one thing that's cool about it is, you, as you said, I've been here 47 years, and every day I'm learning about a different or new product or mm-hmm. a new service or a new you know technology that's come about. And yeah. and uh, and that you never never stop learning. You're never going to know it all. And I think I told your class when we were teaching. In this industry, it's just as important to know what you don't know mm-hmm. as it is to know what you know. That's right. Because you, you, there's always going to be something you need to learn about. Continue to have that mind that's just inquisitive mm-hmm. and can start to learn. Yeah, I love that. What you said um, when you were visiting with the Sitco U class, sharing some about um, valves and different things. Um, I thought that was the most important thing you said was don't go in acting like you know the answers, but go in asking questions. Go in. Um, being inquisitive and wanting to find out more about how they operate, what their needs are, where their problems are, and then you can start to help with solutions. Credibility is probably the largest thing that anybody in our business needs to have and Mm -hmm. honesty and credibility. And if you act like you know something you don't know about, then that'll show. <laughs> right. People don't mind if you don't know something, you're willing to admit it, and then you go learn about it and come back and you're smarter and it's fun that way. Yeah, yeah. They'll see through otherwise for sure. That's right. Uh, Alan, you share some uh, great stories and, and I've gotten the pleasure to hear some of these over the years. Um, stories about your mom and dad and, and their influence on you all growing up and also how that shapes uh, what Sitco has become. Uh, and one of those stories that you shared with me recently um, during the Sitco U class actually, uh, was about how important it was to do the right thing, even when it hurts. Yeah. And you were talking about a, a distributorship opportunity that came along. Um, but I was wondering if you could just share right. that story with everyone sure. on the podcast. Yeah. Um. You know, again, my mom and dad, um, early on, at least at, at, at home as well as in the business, they they uh, impressed on Edna always about doing the right thing. And mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not easy to do the right thing. It's much easier to do the wrong thing. <laughs> and, and uh, I saw that live out, um, you know, with my mom and dad at many dinner conversations or weekend trips where um, decisions were being made about the business and about choosing to do the right thing, which may be difficult or possibly less profitable Mm -hmm. or to do the wrong thing, which was going to be easy to do and maybe short term profitable. And and one particular instance that I shared with you um, happened actually by accident. I was uh, involved in selling a pump station down in eastern Kentucky to an engineer and a small small uh, municipality. And we did sell it and it did get delivered and installed and I was very happy about that, and and the engineer called and asked me to come down that they were going to buy another one, that they were going to buy a second. So at the, mm. that time, I could bring my Smith & Loveless price book down, and we could sit there and size it and price it right in, in his office. And when I went in this um, second time, the there was another gentleman at the, in the meeting with us, and and so he just listened, and we sized the pump station out, and I priced it, and I told him what it would be, and the engineer said, that's great. 
um, what we'd like for you to do is if you would make a, a campaign fund contribution to my friend here of a few thousand dollars and add it to the price of the station, we can we can get this order in place. And mm -hmm. um, I was naive and eager to sell something. I told them that'd be fine. Yeah, we could do that. I mean, why not add a few thousand dollars to the price and make a contribution? And I came back and I was kind of proud that I had the confidence of the engineer and I'd gotten the order and I told my dad about it and I didn't get to finish the story, but before he handed me or shoved his phone at me and said, call, call him right now and tell him we're not going to do it. Hmm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, call the engineer and tell him we're not going to do that. I said, dad, they're going to let me add the money to the selling price. And he goes, that's not the point. Call him right now and tell him we're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I called the guy in my dad's presence and told him that we weren't going to be able to do that. And and I didn't understand why. But and he told me that we were going to lose the order on the pump station. And I said, yeah, I understand that, but I'm sorry. And I hung up. And now my dad said, sit down. I want to tell you a story. <laughs> and he told me the story was that early on in my dad and mom's career, they had the opportunity to do the wrong thing at a local industrial plant um, to to basically uh, pay some extra money to get an order to the purchasing department of this industrial plant. And my dad came home and told my mom about it and was somewhat proud that he had gained the confidence of the purchasing department. And mm. with a few little bit of money in this guy's pocket, um, I think it was a TV set at the time, <laughs> um, that he could get this contract. And after a while, my mom said, Webb, if you have to do that, that's not the right thing. I don't think that's what you should have to do to get the business. And I think you ought to turn it down. And I'm sure they didn't agree at first, but at the end of the day, they did. And mm -hmm. my dad went back and told the purchasing agent he wasn't going to be able to do it. And just like the engineer told me, you're going to lose the business. And they lost the business. And mm -hmm. uh, But this industrial plant did federal contract work. I think it was for the space industry. And there was an audit done. And the purchasing department got exposed as being on the take. And wow. the vendors who got involved with it got exposed as being involved in illegal contributions and and uh it, it just proved that you just have to do the right thing and my dad and mom were lucky then and i was lucky to have them to straighten me out and mm -hmm. all along we've tried to follow that mantra um to just do the right thing now we give hats and stuff away to people to thank them for the business all the time but sure. i've never thought of it as buying business that we give somebody right something to get their business and and there's all kinds of um you know, decisions that you make, integrity decisions about, your, you know, every day and telling customers the truth, telling them that something that you don't want to, that's not the truth, but it'll get you the order. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, those those opportunities and decisions you have to make all the time. And and so I try every day to, to make the right decision, to do the right thing. And I reflect back on my mom and dad's story to you know, in the, in the long run, you're going to be sorry you 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 do the wrong thing, even though it seems right. easy. Right. Yeah. Tempting in the moment. Yeah. But being yeah. rooted in that yeah. uh, that certainty of knowing that um, there's never never a wrong time to do the right thing. It's never a bad That's decision. Right. Um, that, right. that will only do it. It's hard sometimes, and you make mistakes sometimes, but just try your best. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story. Well. Uh, Along with that, I know your mom was, uh, you said, largely responsible for, for a lot of that moral integrity yeah. uh, in the early days of the business um, and, and had a big impact over, in Sitco over the years. What made her so influential uh, in the business, even maybe without having an active day-to-day -day role? Um, 
That's an interesting question. I think I think every family probably has a leader of its of the moral compass in the family. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean the others aren't making good decisions, but the sure. one person probably is the stronger moral compass. And my mom just was that in our family. And and my dad wasn't bad, but my mom just was the one that that was the stronger moral compass, I think. And mm-hmm. and um and I think people here felt that from my mom. She was around a good bit. I mean, she didn't ever work in the business, but she would be around every week and she would visit with everybody in the branches and she knew them and loved them and made sure that we did the things um, at Christmas and Thanksgiving and things like that, that to remember the families. And she mm-hmm. was she was that way. She cared about them. She didn't know a pipe nipple from a gate valve, but she knew the people that worked here needed to be taken care of and that felt yeah. cared for. And that's what she did. And and, uh, you know, now now all I see are their pictures on the wall of my mom and dad. A lot of people here knew them, but most people don't didn't know them. And mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I think uh, it's it's a challenge, but I think the leadership has to be that moral compass for our company, sure. starting with me and Ed and and the, the next generation of leaders. And 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 that that is important. And, and I think. Ultimately, that's way more important than how much money you make or how successful your business is. Ultimately, that is what people are going to remember. And and uh, my mom just started that off early on. I don't remember there ever being intentionally bad decisions, mm-hmm. you know, morally or ethically. They were always made the right with the right frame of mind. And and uh, again, I've made tons of mistakes. I don't want to sure. tell you it's been perfect, but we, we all have to try to do that. Right. I love that. Um... You know, like you said, those the pictures are on the wall now, but but those values live on through you guys, and you pass those down to see who are leading now. And um, and we talk about all the time that why yeah. of uh, of really wanting to invest well in people's families, yeah. give them the opportunities to grow, um, to advance in their careers, and and really so that so that they can care for and provide for their families. We want to make happy customers. We want to do those things, and so um, I think that has carry through and you're right as we as you grow it's a challenge how do you keep a a personal fill and a family fill on a on an organization right um but i think um as we share and pass on those stories as we pass on those values as we invest in people i think uh we'll do that the, the best we can um i hope so yeah as we're getting ready to close down this episode any other favorite stories that <laughs> that you'd like to pass on or share well I, the, my memory's full of stories <laughs> we could talk for days about all the things but but the things that I remember about my 47 years here mm-hmm. um, are not the big orders or the profitable deliveries or those type things. Yeah. Um, they are the problems that we've had that we've faced together with honesty and and and, you know, with arms around each other and, and taking care of each other through those difficult decisions. And I mean that, you know, we've had some catastrophic projects where they were learning experiences for us, where we mm-hmm. we you know, we lost a bunch of money uh, doing the project, but um, we never blamed individuals or blamed each other. We we put our arms around each other and fought through it and did the right thing and mm. survived in the long run. And and that's the stories that I remember is the the times we had hard times when we, you know, lifted each other up and got through it. And 
And uh, and that's going to be the same with you all. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, I want you to remember the happy times, and there's going to be plenty of them. And right. but the things that are going to be important are the times you you lifted each other up and carried each other through a difficult problem. And there's been a lot of those. Uh, you know, I can remember. I don't even remember. I think we were in Parsons, West Virginia, and some of the people listening may remember this. But we had a, a little catastrophic project up there, and I think we were about to have some people out of water and. Um, a crew of us just got in the car and went up there and and we we did stuff that we didn't really know how to do, but we did what we had to do to get get it going. And mm-hmm. and it's funny, you remember that it wasn't a big order, it wasn't a profitable order, but it was a, you know, a challenge to go up there as a team and get it finished. And there's been hundreds of those stories um, that we've done over the years and mm-hmm. our service department and our drivers and and the salespeople and the clerical people and the personnel people, I'm telling you, everybody's got their role in that. And and just remember how important each each person is in the in the grand scheme of things and mm-hmm. take care of each other. Mm-hmm. That's the that's that's the important thing. That's good. That's good. Thank you all for joining us for this episode of Streamline Podcast and keep watching Streamline email and chatter for Sitco Water updates uh, for this week ahead and other important information. And as always, thanks again for being solutions driven, commitment given.